We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. So good to be here. Thank you very much. This is an amazing band, right? You have another hand for them? Thank you. They really did good. They were really good. And the morning, too. They were too good, too. I didn't mention it, but they were really good. I loved it. Loved it. Ah, as Willie said, my name is Thor. That's the English version. Or the German version would be Tore. When you, say, when you can say Tore, you can say Tore. If you cannot say Tore, you can say Thor. Because it's spelled T-H-O-R-E. So all the Americans make out of it Thora. <laughs> but I'm not a, a book. <laughs> I'm not a book. I'm the guy with a hammer. So Thor, or if you can say Tore. But it doesn't matter to me. So say whatever you like. Uh, my hope this evening for you is still that you go home more encouraged as you came. Yeah, God will do that. Amen? I want to thank Pastor Willie and Pastor Desiree for having me here. Uh, I know uh, that Pastor Sam called me on Wednesday and he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to see Dunedin. Is that okay? He said, oh. Sure. <laughs> Two hours later, he sent me some tickets, so I'm here. <laughs> I hope that's okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And I'm for the amazing couple, Tammy and Jason. Uh, they, they are so fantastic. And you know what, Jason, you remind me of some uh, guy. His name is Gerald Butler. You know from this movie, 300? That could be you. That could be you. You have the voice. You look like him. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Show you six-pack. Come on. <laughs> so what, what, I what I like is wherever I am, I tell the people, this is really the place to be. Uh, I mean, Dunedin is... I think it's, it's the most way far away from my home. It's, it's really on the other side of the earth. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. It's a wonderful city here, living here. It's New Zealand in the south, and yeah, it's beautiful to be here. But lot, lots of, especially young people, want to go to other places, fancy places, like Sydney, or they want to go to New York, or they want to go, in, in, in our area, they want to go to Berlin, because they think this is the town, this is the city where you want to be, where you change the world. There is a place where, where everything comes together. I'm, I need to be in the middle of it. I want to tell you something. Wherever you are, there are people. And people are the most, the biggest treasure of God. He loves people, and there's no difference between people in Dunedin, in Auckland, Sydney, Tokyo, New York, Mainz. No difference. He loves them all. So that's the place to be. It's good that you're here. It's good that you shine. It's good that you serve. It's good that you're in the house of God. It's good that you praise God in Dunedin, that you make His name high.
and you praise here, it makes a difference to this city. Come on. I don't know what your plans are, what your calling is, but I know one thing, you do nothing wrong when you start being in church, you start serving, you start telling people about Jesus, you're in the middle of it all, what God has for you. So, so I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're saying, I've oh, done Eden or whatever. I've heard sometimes I'm hearing younger people saying those things when they're not in, the, in a fancy town. But that's not true. That's a lie. You're in the right place. And even if you never leave Dunedin, there are 120,000 people. 120,000 people you can meet and tell them about what Jesus did in your life. This is amazing. Okay, let's start tonight. I have a subject, a, 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 a message for you. The name is More Faith by Serving. Is it a good subject? More faith by serving. Are you ready for it? Let's read the Word of God. And please pray for me. Two prayers. The first prayer I always ask my church that I'm in time. Okay, praise for me. Pray for me that I'm in time because I'm not very good at being in time. But I don't know why. I, but I try. The other thing is pray for me that I find all the right words, especially in English, because sometimes... I'm thinking, ah, because that makes it much longer. When I explain a word, I need more than one sentences just to explain the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so please pray for me. <laughs> All right. Where did you go? Uh, I want to read out of Luke 17, 5 to 10. 5 to 10. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant blowing and looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he, when he comes, when he comes in, in from, from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, Prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on, my, on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were, you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty." I don't know how often these verses are subject of a preaching. I've heard that never happened. I don't know why. Is it too confrontative? I mean, the subject is perfect. The subject is more faith. That's the subject of, this, of, of these verses. It's not about, you, we, we see the rest and see, oh, this is Jesus. What you're saying is, ah, it's ridiculous. Come on. This is not encouraging. This should be an encouraging message. We cannot take these verses. But it is. Look what the apostles said. It, originally, you can say, one day. He's, uh, in Greek, you find the word, the preposition, or the conjunction, kai, which means 
everything and nothing. Kai is the word, it means and, but, one day, whatever. <laughs> I, I think in the New Testament, we have it 2,000 times. Is the, is, the, is the word in the New Testament, Kai. Kai. Whatever, it can mean one day. One day, the apostles said to the Lord, one day, one day, you realize, I cannot do it. I do not have the strength to do it. I do not have the power to do it. I, do not, I see the possibilities. I see what could happen. I see the potential. I see what Jesus, you're doing. And you're always talking, we can do the same. But the truth is, I cannot do it. And you're always talking about faith. We need more faith. You observe that in the New Testament is amazing. Jesus never, never came to the, the, to, the, to, to, to the disciples and say, that's enough. Enough faith. Stop it. <laughs> no, he always said, no, that's not why you are not believing more. Is that everything you have? You need more faith. And they've learned that. And one day... The apostles came to Jesus and they said, increase our faith. It's a good idea. Actually, it's a good idea. Increase our faith. Because they know that's the key for heaven. That's the key to release grace. That's the key to release power. That's the key what, that released the potential upon our lives. We know we need more faith. So he came, they came to Jesus. That's the best thing they can do. And they ask him, increase our faith. Actually, when I see that, I saw to myself, now listen to Jesus, what he's saying about that one. This is interesting, right? Because when I get this key and have more faith, I can have more grace. I can have more power. I can more have from all these things what Jesus has talked about in my life. Right? Yeah. And look what Jesus do. First, first hand. He gives a vision. He gives a vision. He's a very good leader. And a good leader always gives a vision. What could happen if you have faith like that? And he said, he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. He said, if you have just this one. Just this one, a little bit. You could, you could, you could say to this tree, just uproot and go to the ocean. Just like that. Doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's a little bit a picture of Jesus, uh, this is a little bit, come on, it's not the subject I've talked about. But he, he gives an idea what faith can do, what it's all about. He said that there's so much power in the small thing. It's a potential in faith. And if you have this small thing, a lot of do can happen in your life. That's the first thing Jesus did. And he said, you know what? The problem is when we want to have something more of anything, more strength, We go to the gym, right? So we train. So like Gerald, <laughs> you want to have a six, I have a six pack. It's under my 
under, under the fat. I don't know if you see. Willie, you have it too, I know. But it's, it's there. It's invisible. It's like faith. You know, you know, you know the definition of faith in, in Hebrew 11, it's you bring something out of the invisible world and you draw it into the visible world. Yeah. That's faith. Yeah. So that's a sign of faith. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and, and sometimes we think we just have to do, we have to try it hard enough. We have to buy it. We have to train it. We have to, you know, you know, there are so many things in our life we have to achieve. That's right. We have to read more. We have to study hard. And that's all good things. And maybe the disciples ex expected that Jesus would say something like, you need to pray more. You need to read the Bible more. Or you need to do anything more. But he addressed the attitude of This is interesting. He addresses the attitude. He doesn't say, do this more. What he says is, more faith by the right attitude. You need the right attitude. You know, finally, Jesus said, it's not really a problem. Faith is not really a problem. The amount of faith is not really a problem. See, you just need a seed of faith. That's all you need. And you can do um, enormous things. Your attitude is all about. And he starts shocking them by a picture. And it shocks them and it shocks us. To be honest. It's a picture of a slave. And his master. I don't know what, what, what happened here in New Zealand. But slavery is forbidden in Germany. For a long time. Hey, you're a country too, right? So, but here's the, it's, maybe it's the reason why we don't read that. And he, he, he painted a picture and, uh, of a slave. And he describes this guy as a plowing and gardening, as a farmer, as a shepherd. It seems his vocation to be a farmer, a, a shepherd. Uh, it doesn't look like a, a nice calling. This is a little bit, and it, even in the evening, <laughs> he, he explained what happens in the evening. Spare time. Doing something for myself. Watching Netflix. You have Netflix? Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> That's good. Amazon Prime? Okay, forgot it. Netflix. Netflix. Not, not self-realization, not relaxing, not eating... What Jesus describes is the first thing you need to do as a servant, as a slave, you need to make food for the Lord, for the master. That's what he describes. And the master eats, and the slave waits, and when the master's finished with the food, the slave eats. That's a life. It's not really that what we're expecting from Jesus, right? It's not something we, uh, it's not a nice picture, Jesus. Come on, it started so good. <laughs> And now this story, come on, Jesus. We just, you know what, we just ignore it. Because the rest of the Bible is nice, but this verse is maybe a little accident. 
Maybe on that day you're a little upset and you, you know, talking to... I, I think, do not underestimate what Jesus is talking here. I think there's a key to increase our faith. We want more faith and we sometimes thinking we cannot do anything about it. But there is a scripture telling us very, very, very detailed what we can do to have more faith in our life. And I want to entice, is that right, entice you tonight. <laughs> entice you. And seeing what God has for you more. More faith. Right? Ready for it? And the key is so easy. What he's saying is he's telling them an attitude, have the attitude of a servant. Why we do not, a lot, a lot, a lot of Christians would say, stop for Montara or Thor or whatever. <laughs> stop for a moment. I'm a child of God. I'm not a slave anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's right. That's all right. I agree. You're free. You're not a slave anymore. Why Jesus say here in this story that I'm a slave? This is Old Testament. Old Testament. Okay, Luke is in the New Testament. But Old Testament. <laughs> Look, it's amazing. When you, when you read the Rome, the letter to Rome, you've read it maybe occasionally. If you're not, just do it. There are 11 chapters about the gospel and what God has done for us. That he set us free. That he sent the spirit. That we have grace. Stand in grace. Living in grace. Eleven chapters of what God has done. And then chapter 12. Starts with the words. With the word therefore. <laughs> what is my response? To all that, what God has done for me. Through 11 chapters full of God's grace. Therefore, therefore, I urge you what to do to give your life as an offering. The only, the only reaction to God's grace can be, I lay my life down. It's so amazing. I lay my life down. You know, the day when you realize you're free, it's a great day. The day when you realize that you're forgiven is a great day. The day when you realize that you're a child of God, that's a great day. But I hope that's not everything. I hope that there's a response in your life. That you say, how can I now react on this, on this grace? And if you want to make... To become mature, there's a next step. And this next step is in Rome 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you to give your life as an offering. A living offering. Living. Yeah. Don't worry. You will not die. <laughs> not today. Oh, maybe a little bit... <laughs> But not your body. Not your body. You know,
it's, it's, it's so important for us. It's so important for us when we realize what God has done for us. When we realize that this is everything we receive and, and that we are free. But the very next step, the very next step to become mature and to really see the potential and the power of God in our lives, really receiving what the call of God is upon our lives. One of the main questions in Germany from younger people and older people, let's say younger up to 40, is that okay? <laughs> no? Okay, up to 30, <laughs> up to 20, <laughs> I don't know, uh, higher, <laughs> up, up, to, uh, up to 50. You know, I, I, think, I, I think the main question, Tara, what is my calling? What God, what is my vocation? That's a big question. But when, you know, you, when you start with this question, some, some of us, they, they're expecting a word from heaven, a word from a prophet. And he says, you were called to earn a lot of money. You were called. And that could be. But, you know, there's a first step into your calling, whatever It's, it's described, you know, we want to hear you apostle or you pastor or you are whatever. But the first step is always the same. It's the same for you. It's the same for me. It's to become a servant. That's the first step. You can do nothing wrong with it. So you want to know what your calling is? Become a servant and find out. You will never find out when you're not ready to become a servant. You cannot jump from here so to the title, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. You always have to take the next step. And this is always to become a servant. Always, 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 always. All right. Here's some points which explains. Because if you know that, if you know that you're a servant, it makes our lives so much easier. It gives us freedom. It builds our lives. It builds our faith. You will see, I've, I've four to... Oh, uh, let's see. Ah, let's say two to five points um, about why it's so good to be a servant. Are you ready for it? And this will build our faith, okay? Let's increase our faith. Do not forget that. First point, a servant knows whom to listen to. A servant knows. You know, there are so many voices in our lives. You can listen to every newspaper. You can li listen to every online page. You can listen to your friends. You can listen to Facebook voices all over the time. There's so many voices. I know people, they said, I have 10 counselors. Can you imagine that? 10 counselors. And they're frustrated because they said, everybody tells me something different. Oh, really? <laughs> So when you ask me, you get two opinions. Because I have two opinions of, of, about everything. <laughs> I'm a little bit Jewish, so that's maybe the reason. <laughs> I don't know. But the, the problem is there's so many, so many voices to whom I have to listen to. But when you are a slave, when you are a servant, there is a master. And there's just one voice, which is really important. And I know I have to listen to this voice. 
That's all about I need to know. I need to know what he is saying to me. I need to know what he told me, what he demands me. That's true. That's right. I just need to listen to one voice. It relaxes life. It makes it so easy, right? Yeah, we don't want easy lives. We want complex life. We want to figure out by ourselves. Start figuring out, out of the, of the core, of the choir, of all the voices, what the voice is, how this voice sounds, and start listening to it, and obey, and obey. It, it, will, it will change your life. <laughs> you know... You know, we, 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 we so, let's, I don't know if that's an English word, but we are so opinionated. We like to give our opinions to everything, right? Yeah. My opinion is, <laughs> in my church, sometimes people come to me and say, Tori, I want to give you a feedback to the service, to whatever. My opinion, I, I, I said... Yesterday evening to, to, to Pastor, Pastor Willie, I, I, sometimes I, I'm really rude. I said to them, I don't care about your opinion. I have my own, that's enough. <laughs> I, they're shocked because we are living in a time, every opinion is important, every opinion. But why are you not listening to me? Because there I have a master, his name is Jesus. I'm listening to him are responsible for him and so he's talking to me I'm happy with it this is shocking <laughs> shocking for people I know but uh, it makes us free from positioning ourselves it makes us free from judging of others because we the only thing we need to do we need to know what my Lord has to say. It makes the life so easy, right? <laughs> When you're in church, okay, I hope I can say that, otherwise I'm far away. <laughs> you can throw stones or try, but next week I'm back in mines. <laughs> you know, God put people in our life like a pastor, A leader and God wants us to listen to their voice normally it's one leader we have to listen to think about it some are looking at me oh it's not Jesus but Jesus uses leaders and pastors to bring his voice into our lives and you will see it makes such a huge difference And you, you maybe say, ah, but if they are wrong, they're just people. They don't know. What I found out is, I'm not the smartest guy in the room when I come together with my leaders. I'm not, far not. I have some guys who, they have PhDs. They can, they're really smart. It's amazing. They have, they, they knew German philosophers, I cannot 
bail them out. So they can do, they're amazing in their praying. But it doesn't matter. Because God puts a grace on my life. And that makes the difference. And even if I'm wrong, it will always work. It will never come to an accident. Maybe it's wrong. But when people listening and say, okay, I'll obey because the pastor said it. Not because they have to. Because they want to. They know that even if it's wrong, God will make it right. Every time. So I just entice you. Just entice, not demanding you. Entice you. Listening. Listening to the voice of your leader. Listening to the voice of Jesus. Speaking through your leader into your life. It's so easy. Just do it. Second point. Are you ready for second point? Anybody? Second point. Are you with me? Okay, that's good. Good to see. A servant knows what he has to do. A servant knows what he has to do. It's so easy to be a servant. Because when he received already the word, he knows what to do. He doesn't need to know all the details. He de doesn't know all the future in five years. Sometimes we make some plans. We have some questions like, what are you doing in 10 years? I don't know what they're doing. It's, it's important what to do next. What to do next? Just do what God has for you. Listen to the voice and do what he has for you. You know, I already said, if you understand, if you understand that you are servant, you will fulfill your destiny. If you understand that you are servant, you will fulfill your destiny always. Otherwise, you're listening. You, you compare yourself to others. Comparison is one of the, the baddest things you can ever do. Competition is the biggest problem even in the Christian world. You look to another person and you say... I would like to have what he has. I would like to have the six-pack as Gerald has. I would like to have so smart like Willie. So kind like... All these things is going through our, our brains and it takes a lot of strength and power, right? Competition. But who cares about competition if you know what God has said to you? There are two occasions in the Bible when Peter wants to know what Jesus wants to do with John. And Jesus said, it's not for you. Don't care what I do with John. Nothing to do with you. I just have a call for you. Follow me. Don't care for John. I will care for John. You will care for the things I have for you. If we know that we are servants, if we know that we have a master and who we follow, and we listen to his voice, we know what to do. It makes life so easier and it stops competition in our lives. So much fighting in our lives because just because of competition, because of not knowing who we are. Do you know the film Rocky? Rocky Balboa. I'm a big Rocky fan. I think now we are on, it's the... 240 movie, can that be? No, 11, 12, I don't know. Seven Rocky movies and two Creek movies. Now it's Creek 2. 
I see you with big fans here. Okay. <laughs> but you know, Rocky, he's a boxer, right? And somebody asking, oh, Rocky, why are you doing that? Why are you fighting? Why are you compete yourself? And he's, he's, he's saying, he goes, so that I know that I'm not a completely jerk. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. And we're all fighting. Sometimes just for the reason that we know that we are not a jerk. We're fighting. And you know what? When we know who we are, fighting stops. Doesn't matter anymore. No, I'm just doing what my Lord says. And I'm happy with it. Amen? Was that second point a good point for you? Hopefully. <laughs> you know, and I can learn, I can learn to be obedient. I'm not automatically obedient. Some Christians think, ah, it's so hard to be obedient. I don't know if I can do it. What when Jesus said to me, go to Africa and be a missionary there? That's one of my greatest fears, <laughs> to be honest. I'm so happy that I'm still in Germany. But, you know, we have these great examples in the Bible. Do you know Abraham? He's the big man of faith. We, we know, he, 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 he's the example of faith. Do you know what, do you realize what he did wrong from beginning on? That it took 25 years for God to make him really, truly, by heart, obedient. 25 years. Read the story. What he has to do. And he, often he's, he's doing the opposite of it. The opposite of it. And then there's this story about when, I mean, when God asked him to give him an, an offering. And offer his own son. And the only, sa the only thing... Abraham says, is, I will, I follow. When, where, let's go. Wow. It's an amazing story. But it never starts there. Yeah. It starts 25 years yeah. before. Yeah. God wants us to develop an obedience in our heart. Yeah. Jesus. You see him in the garden, Gethsemane. Gethsemane? Gethsemane? Oh. And... You know, he's praying to God, not my will, but yours. And you know what? We read. He prays this, he prays, he prayed, prayed. He prayed the same prayer three times. Why? Because the first time didn't work. The second time didn't work. He prayed. I obey myself. I will not do what you, what I will. I will do what you will. So Jesus needs three prayers to be obedient. If Jesus needs three, three prayers to be obedient, then we need even three prayers, maybe even more. So Jesus learned obedient. We read that, I think, in Hebrew. So we need to, to learn that, right? Yeah. Abraham needed. Jesus needed. Yeah. 
we can learn it. We can learn, listen to the voice, doing what he said, and the name of it is obedience. All right, point three. Point, are you ready for point three? Uh, this is a confidential, confront, confrontant, forget it. It's good. Point three, a servant needs no thanks and no recognition. That's what Jesus is saying here. And I have to say, I love encouragement. I love to be encouraged. I love to be gratituded. I love to be honored. And the truth is, we're all humans, right? And we're looking and we seek for fame. Yes, we do. All people, even, even the guys who said, I'm an introvertal, introvert, intro, introverted person. I don't need it. <laughs> That's not true. They're, they're, they're lying. They like, to, they like to be mentioned as introverted and, and serving behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, he said, I'm serving behind the scenes. Oh, everybody looking and seeking for everybody. Because the Bible says in Rome chapter 3, we all lost the fame, what we have with God. Another word for fame is glory. We lost the glory. And now we're seeking for glory. <laughs> That's the problem. That's why we're seeking all the time for glory, for recognition, to be loved, to be mentioned. You have those, those, those shows like uh, The Voice of New Zealand or something, or The Voice of Australia, people singing on the, on the stage. And, <laughs> and, you know, and sometimes you, you're hearing something like, uh, uh, I'm born for the stage. I'm born for the stage. This is my life. I said to myself, that's true for everybody else. We all, you say, I cannot go to the stage. The truth is you don't want it because you cannot. You think you have nothing to say. But inside of us, everybody of us seeks for glory. Because we've lost the glory by God. That's a problem. But here the point is, what Jesus is saying is, if you're a servant, you don't need it anymore. Because everything you're doing is upon obedience to your master. And all the glory and everything you need comes from him. And this seeking, this searching stops. It makes the life so much easier. Don't get me wrong, we are all humans, and it's so good to encourage each other. But sometimes we become addictive to that. We're doing it because we want that. We want to be seen. We, 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 we do stupid stuff because we think, then Pastor Willie will come to me and he will say to me, you, you did well. <laughs> you're awesome. We're doing some stuff so that our wives saying, oh, you're great, husband. <laughs> I'm doing those stuff <laughs> a lot. 
But it's so good not to be addictive to it. To be really free. Because I know all my glory, everything I need, all the fame I need comes from the Lord, from my Lord. And I belong to Him. I'm not, you know, it's not that He wants to sell me. No, I belong to Him all my life. And He paid the highest price ever to set me free. The highest price. And you know, I know you have no eBay, but there's another platform you're using. Drape me, drape me, drape me, drape me, drape, okay, drape, drape me. Oh, okay, I need to stop. And everybody knows the price. The price says how value, how much value you have. So now Jesus paid not an exceptional price for you, a reasonable price for you. He paid the highest price for you. The highest price. He do not pay with the silver and gold of the universe. He paid with his own blood. Because that's your value. You belong. He paid for you. That, that gives you glory, right? Oh, come on, there comes the servant. You know what Jesus has paid for him? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. You know, the angels, they stood in the heaven. They're looking at you saying, he has paid everything for this guy. <laughs> he must be crazy. <laughs> You're so valuable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's how far I came. <laughs> But here's the last point. I want to mention, this is important. Are you ready for the last point? You know, a lot of people thinking serving is, an, is a temporary thing we do on earth. And then in heaven, the angels will serve us. And uh, here's, the th here's the deal, here's the problem. You know, when you look at God himself, who he is, It's a core property of God, like love. It's a character of God. You know, God became a human being. And not only a human being, he became a servant. But look at the nature of God. The nature of God, he's, he's in Trinity. He exists one and three. For eternity, he, he was one and three. He was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all the time. And look in the Bible, what, what is saying about this Trinity? There's the Son obeys to the Father. And this is because He's God also. But He comes under the Father. And the Spirit is sent by the Father and the Son. And He comes under the Father and the Spirit. But the Spirit reveals the Son on the other side. What you're seeing in the Bible is, That this Trinity serves each other. Serving is the very nature of God. He's the most potential person in the universe. And he's serving each other. Serving will never stop. Serving will make you free. Start 
serving. Be practical. It's so good that you're in this house and you have the opportunity to serve. And not to serve, to serve something, anything. You can serve the Lord of the universe yeah. and following him. What an opportunity, right? Don't be like some people in Germany coming to me, say, Pastor, my, my life is a mess. I'm in stress. Who's not in stress? Stress is normal, but I'm in stress. I need to pause serving. You know, when people coming to me telling me those things, I know they stop developing. They stop maturing. They're not becoming any more mature. That's not, that's, the, don't pause serving. Don't do that. God will use it. God will give you time. That's the best thing you do. You have a busy life. Welcome. That's normal. I'm very busy. You don't understand. We're all the same. We have all 24 hours. The president of the United States has 24 hours. Your pastor of your church has 24 hours. You have 24 hours, whoever you are. We all have the same time and we have the same call to serve. It's amazing. You know, I love, um, yes, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel, she's a dentist and I had some, I have some teeth problems and I lay on her chair and she served me yesterday and she's serving all the day in church. This is awesome. I love those guys doing career, doing big business and not saying, I'm so busy, I cannot do you and see I, I doing this stuff. No, no, no. Everybody's a servant. Don't pause serving. And here, here's the good, here's a good, good he, uh, message for you. Look, everybody can do it. Everybody. You cannot too smart for it. You cannot too dumb for it. You cannot too big for it. You cannot too small for it. You cannot too, too high for it. Too, you, you cannot too intelligent for it. You can do it whoever you are. You cannot too be old to it. Too young for it. Everybody can serve. That's the good thing, right? So wherever you are, you can just starting it. Oh man, oh man, oh man. And please... A servant, and this is what Jesus is saying here, a servant does not just serve if it fits. Ah, now is the right moment to, to serve. My, 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 my life allows me, gives me the... No, no. A servant always serve. Always serve. It's not a question. I never question. When I was 14 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. On the very next day, I decided I will follow my, I will give my life to Jesus. I will do everything I can to proclaim the gospel to every people in the world, whatever it costs. Never stop. Don't pause. Don't do holidays on serving. Even if you do holidays, expect that God has something to do for you. Never stop. And you will see something happens in your life. Something increase in your life. Guys, it's, it's time to make a decision. To make a foundational decision to be a servant. 
not to decide it Sunday morning. Ah, oh, today I feel I could do it. Oh, today I, I maybe should call my leader and tell him if there's some pain with my tooth and I cannot come or some other things to do. I have so much to do for my work. I have so heavy stress with my wife. I have so heavy stress with my children. I have so heavy stress with my marks. I need to learn. No, make a decision and saying, no, no, no. I'm a servant in the good times and in the bad times. And I know when I do that, my faith will increase. And I know if there's just a seed of faith in my life, there will come an authority over my life because I'm under authority and I have proved it and everybody has seen it and that brings authority to your life. A lot of people think they have authority because they are. You have authority because you are under authority. Why not doing a decision tonight? It's so good. It's not an accident that you're here. You maybe expected another message, a more feeling message. But tonight is a message about making a decision, a sharp, clear decision. And you know what? I'm a pastor. And I, I'm a pastor because God loves me. But it rescues my faith life just the decision I will be in the house of the Lord every Sunday I will start serving every Sunday even before I was a pastor that's the reason why I'm still following Jesus it saves my life and it will save your life I don't feel it it doesn't matter to be a servant means I have a master I have a Lord his name is Jesus Christ. I know He's my Lord. I know His voice. I need, I know I, I have to listen to. I, need, I know I have to obey to. I have an identity in Him. I have a calling in Him. And I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you've learned, even a German or New, New Zealand, Dunedin person, everybody in the world can serve. Let's stand up and make a decision. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.